0: Thank you so much for connecting with us today, worshiping our risen Savior. We're going to continue a discussion that we've been in all of January. We've been speaking about how can we begin 2021 with the end of 2021 in mind. So we have some reasons. We have some things we need to do. We've been going up a staircase, if you will. We took the first step at the beginning of the year stating that if we're gonna begin the end with the end in mind, we must first remember our Creator. We remember God in all that we do, in every interaction, in every friendship, whatever it is, remember God. We took the second step, and that is to remember and accept God's invitation to, to eternity. How do we do that? You may say eternity is a big word. Yes, it is. But we do that by creating and building God's kingdom on Earth as it is and will be in heaven. The third step is it sounds simple, but it has huge life implications. And that is that we need to remember that God provides for all of us. And yet that fourth step, we're going to take it all today. And it is this. We need to remember God's gigantic, I mean, huge, I mean, immense grace that he gives to all of us. We find this to be true in Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 through 24. Now, I know you hear the book Lamentations and it probably doesn't have a very joyful, you know, connotation with it. But I promise it's something that we can learn if we lean into it today. And so I take the first part of Lamentations and express to you a simple thought. I'm lamenting, y'all. I found myself just grieving and lamenting about a whole lot of things. I'm lamenting that fist bumps and elbow bumps have become the new hugs. I'm lamenting the view of cardboard cutouts in the seats of some of my favorite arenas such as the Staples Center, or the State Farm Arena instead of individual, real-life people. I'm lamenting that we have all turned into mock physicians as we all wash our hands a heightened number of times and we stash hand sanitizer and masks all around our cars and our book bags and beyond. I lament that our time in physical community has been deduced to less community for less time And for some people, no time at all. I grieve, and I'm sure you do as well. We grieve the continued acts of racism and in our current and enlarged times of lament, we all are constantly searching for a glimmer of hope that we can hold on to. We are yearning for some hope in the chaos and hope in the virtual spaces that we find ourselves in. And in this season of lament, we do well, however, to remember God's gigantic grace. We do well to remember that God has not left us just because we are uncomfortable. This gigantic grace that I refer to is large enough to meet us in our expressions of grief and large enough to envelop us with hope, even in our world today. And so we camp out today in Lamentations 3, verses 22 through 24, which was written by Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known by many as the weeping prophet. He cried a lot, y'all. He cried a lot because of his reality and what he experienced. In the time of this text, Jeremiah surveys his reality, and he has more than a few reasons to cry and to lament. But yet he also has reasoning to believe and to trust in the gigantic grace that God offers. Jeremiah in our text today expresses gigantic grief about the fall of Jerusalem. It's in horrible shape, friends. Jeremiah looks backwards in lament and forward in hope. He expresses in raw emotion about the ruins of Jerusalem. This is around 585 B.C., Jeremiah sees destruction. He sees heartbreak and he's in pain. Jeremiah meets us in lament. In fact, the description of Jeremiah's reality is found in Lamentations chapter two, verse 11. Listen to this. It broke my heart to hear it. Jeremiah says, my eyes fell from weeping. I'm in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed because children and infants faint in the streets of the city. Sad? Yes. Painful? Absolutely. Jeremiah sits right now in our living room, socially distanced, with his mask, and he speaks directly to each and every one of our hearts. Jeremiah laments with us, but he also shows us this. It's an important truth remember this, text it to yourself, take a picture of this. You got to have this. Any life situation, good or bad, can provide an opportunity for us to get to know God better. I'll say it again. Any life situation can provide an opportunity for us to get to know God better. In the midst of destruction, suffering, and lamenting, Jeremiah remembers the gigantic grace of God. You see Jeremiah's words right here in Lamentations 3. But if we begin at verse 22, what we notice is this, God's gigantic grace offers us the branch of unending mercy. Listen to his words here. Jeremiah says that the Lord's acts of mercy indeed do not end for his compassions do not fail. You see, mercy is the kindness of God given to those who do not deserve God's love. Hmm. Friends, we've done nothing (laughs) to deserve the love of God. We've done nothing to deserve the grace of God, but yet God continues to give it to us. As we live and breathe daily, we are smacked with the truth that we can never achieve perfection. Paul once told us that we all fall short. God's unending mercy, in fact, says yes, when we've done everything for God to say no. Jeremiah laments due to what Jerusalem is experiencing. The destruction of life as they know it sends him into physical tears and he's experiencing emotional pain. This misery and desolation is hard to see, but guess what? It's even harder to live through. Jeremiah is asking in the midst of what he sees, how can this keep happening? Jeremiah is probably saying to himself, how can we go on? And yet to add insult to injury, he expresses the Lord's anger toward Israel, expressing that he feels as if there's a cloud of God's anger just camping out in the skies over Israel. His eyes are full with tears. His heart is poured out on the earth and he reveals the reasoning for God's anger toward Israel because these so-called believers began believing in false prophets and in false gods. Israel, they placed their hope and their trust in gods that were not worthy of their priority. Now life for Israel is not ideal and it's full of pain. Israel is in a land of hurt and they're in need desperately of God's unending mercy. I know you've heard their context and you say, dodge the bullet, right? <laughs> you hear their context and you say, man, they got a whole lot going on. Friends, we're not off the hook. We do too. Friends, we we worship other things all the time. We put things and prioritize things over God. If you don't believe me, listen to this list. We do this with our careers. We do this with power that God gives. We do this with money that we have relationships and friendships. We even do this with our comfort. We do this as some of us are addicted to happiness and believe that we should never experience a bad time. We do this with validation from everyone else but God with substances and even ambition Israel prioritized things and false gods and false prophets over God, and we prioritize many things over God. But yet, in the midst of our mistakes, in the midst of our wrongs, in the midst of our shortcomings, God continues to give us unending grace. He continues to love us and give us unending mercy. In our mistakes, God is right there. And our lack of prioritizing God, God is right there. Friends, this is challenging to grasp, I know, because we live in a culture that is quick to quit people and cancel them. I know, but God doesn't. Scripture supports what Jeremiah is saying in Lamentations about God's mercy never ending, his compassions never failing. The psalmist says this in Psalm 78, verse 38, but God being compassionate forgave their wrongdoing and did not destroy them. And often God restrained his anger. Do you hear that? And did not stir up all of his wrath. Friends, this is the God we serve. The one who doesn't give us what, in fact, we do deserve, but the one who gives us mercy and that mercy never ends. God's gigantic grace affords us unending mercy, but also new mercies for new days. You see, God, he has a way of applying compassion in the way that he treats all of us daily. Even as we experience challenges, pain and hurt, God always gives us better. Than what we deserve. Amidst challenges, God is still the God of mercy. Amidst pain, God is still the God who gives us joy. But I love what this text teaches us it teaches us that God offers new mercies for new days. And we see this represented in Jeremiah's words right here in verse 23. Jeremiah says, these mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Do you hear that? (laughs) Friends, it describes that God is faithful, meaning that God does exactly what God said that God would do. However, there are many different thoughts about God and what we believe about who God is impacts the way we prioritize God. Some people believe that the God of the Old Testament is harsh, judgmental, even mean. Other people maintain the belief that the God of the New Testament is loving, gracious, full of mercy. Friends, allow me to suggest and submit to you for your consideration this. God's discipline is not separate from God's love. God's mercy is never divorced from God's essence. Here in the text, it teaches us that God is faithful. See, Jeremiah, he tells Israel and us that there is no situation that God does not have specific mercy for. There's not a day that we live in that we can escape the mercy of God. This gigantic mercy, this unending mercy, it chases us. It resides in us. It envelops us. These believers in the text, they needed help as many of their days were spent in hunger, spent in thirst. And they, on top of that, they were in a foreign land. Homes are in ruins and the intense devastation of a nation is noticed. And as possible, plans of defense are all shattered and broken down. Yet in the midst of these huge societal and spiritual problems, Jeremiah says God is faithful and God gives new mercies for new days. Friends, I don't know about you, but this week I needed that type of reminder that there was someone going through more problems than what I was experiencing. I woke up proverbially on the wrong side of the bed the other day and had to go to the gas station, and it was about 20 degrees outside. Pulled up to the gas station, took out my wallet and inserted my debit card, however, at the gas pump it said, please see cashier. It was payday, so I knew there was money in there. I put that card back in, I'm shivering, it's cold, I got my mask on, and it says, please see cashier. You have to know that I was quite upset. It was early in the morning. I didn't want to walk into the gas station. So I had what I would classify and what you probably would classify as a great attitude. Yeah, right. I walked up to the cashier and it was noticeably seen that I was angry. And the cashier said, I'm so sorry for the inconvenience. We're upgrading our gas pumps. And so our credit card reader is not working. I said, yeah, that's nice. Hey, can I get 20 on 11?" He says, yes, sir, you sure can. I'm really sorry for the inconvenience. I swiped my card and before I was about to head to the door, he says, excuse me, sir. I know you're angry, but do you mind if I tell you something my wife said? I said, brother, I'm trying to go. I have somewhere to be. He said, it will only take a moment. I said, "Okay. what's that? He says, my wife is a nurse. And when she goes into some rooms, it's not a very pleasant experience. However, my wife has learned what I like to call she has a short term memory. Because she understands that what she experienced in one room, when she steps out of that room is done because she may enter another room and it may be great or it could be more horrible. But what she's learned to do and understand is to have a short term memory, but to also understand that every room is different. Friends, bad days happen. Challenging times do occur, but every single day is different. And as God helped us through yesterday's issues by applying his faithfulness, he will help us through today's issues by applying more of his faithfulness. God is so faithful that we can't escape it. God is so loving that we can never escape it. And Jeremiah understood this, which is why he could say God is faithful. But Jeremiah is not the only one to echo this sentiment. If you flip over to Zephaniah chapter three, verse five, you will see more of God's faithfulness. Zephaniah says the Lord is righteous within her. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He does not fail, but the criminal knows no shame. Do you hear that? God is gracious. And even in the different times of our lives, God gives us unending mercy. Friends, we can do just like Jeremiah in the text and exclaim that great is God's faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies we see. This gigantic grace, it gives us so much. It affords us unending mercy. It affords us new mercies for new days. But in verse 24, it teaches us that this gigantic grace gives us sustaining hope. For all times. Listen to Jeremiah's words. They're real short. In verse 24, he says, The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. Do you hear that? Jeremiah is in the midst of praying for better. He has not experienced better. He's hoping that things would get better for Israel. And yet they have not. And he still makes this powerful declaration saying that the Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Hmm. Friends, we like Jeremiah can trust that hope is not absent due to pain being present. I love the faith statement that Jeremiah has just emphatically declared because he had so much trust that although he was experiencing pain, tragedy, some defeat, he had enough trust and faith in God that even though he had not experienced the, the greatness and the benefits of God as of yet, he knew that better was on the way. Friends, we do well to model this example. As many of us are waiting for God to end this pandemic, we're waiting on God to really end the whole election drama. We're waiting on God to do better for us and our world. We're waiting on him to have a 2 Chronicles 7 and verse 14 moment to heal our land. But as we are waiting, we need to trust. We need to trust and have hope that better is on the way. How do we do it? Why? Because God is faithful. He gives us hope in all times. He gives us hope when everything is going wrong. He gives us hope in every area of our lives. How, you may ask. Well, he gives us hope in the form of encouraging text messages from our friends. He gives us hope when we come in contact with a stranger that encourages us in some way. Hope is a constant reminder to look to the heels from whence comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. But as we think about this gigantic grace of God, we do well to think about a scientist. You see, there was once a scientist that went to the top of a skyscraper. This scientist was really, really intrigued by wanting to see what would happen if different items were dropped from the same height. So he dropped a formal plate. Hmm. He dropped a plate from a skyscraper and it shattered into a million pieces. He then dropped a bag of flour. When he dropped that flour, it just said, <laughs> and it just laid right there. But then he dropped a simple basketball. And as he dropped it, the basketball bounced up several times. Each item responded differently due to what was inside of them and what they were made of. Don't miss that. Lean in for me because there's a lesson here. Friends, we all encounter problems. The challenges and circumstances that we face are not as important to as to our response to those said challenges and circumstances. We have some choices. We can choose to fall and shatter into a million pieces when we experience problems. Or we can choose to be like the bag of flour that when problems occur, we just lay there inactive. Or we can be like this ball. That when we fall, we bounce right back up. That when we see a problem, we bounce right back up. That when tragedy strikes, we bounce right back up. You may ask, how can I bounce back up? Well, friends, we can bounce right back up because of God's gigantic grace. This grace covers us. It blankets our lives. It's inside of us and it travels with us. This grace gives us bounce back power. And so friends, in the midst of a pandemic, I'm telling you to hold on. In the midst of tragedy, I'm telling you to hold on. In the midst of not wondering or not understanding what's all going on, I'm telling you to hold on because if you have faith, realize that God is still more faithful than you. We can exclaim and emphatically declare no matter what we experience, great is thy faithfulness. And so, my friends, I hope today that you'll be just like this ball and bounce back because we will bounce back our world will bounce back but we need to hold on to the faithful God and the gigantic grace that God gives friends you may be watching this and you may be saying man but this week Josh I have had some trouble and pain well you're not alone friend if you need Any type of prayer and have any type of request, you email us and we would love to pray with and for you. But it could be someone who's watching this who doesn't know this great God who gives us this gigantic grace. And so I'm putting my hand out and I pray virtually you'll hold my hand. And if you hold my hand, what we want to do is pray together. So if you're holding my hand, let's pray together to open up and accept Jesus into our hearts there's no greater time than right now so if you're that person or people let's pray just repeat it after me God I've made mistakes but I need you I believe you sent Jesus to die for me and I confess that Jesus is the Lord and head of my life in Jesus name amen If you've just prayed that prayer or have any type of request, let us know about it because heaven is excited and heaven is ready to act on your behalf. So you can let us know about it by emailing all together, A-L-L together at spdl.org. Or friends, if you want to give to this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org, clicking the all together option and giving as God leads. Friends, I thank you for chilling with us today, connecting with us today and worshiping the God who gives us gigantic grace. So as you keep reflecting on Lamentations 3, through 24, remember our together takeaway. It's this. The gigantic grace of God blankets our lives with hope for all times. The gigantic grace of God blankets our lives with hope for all times. Hold on friends, be encouraged, and allow God to blanket your life with hope for all times. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Leon Baptist Church.